0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, folks, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you do have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, all right, friends, today we're going to look at the lives of two friends, Philip and Nathaniel. And we know that like so many other disciples of Jesus, Philip was also a fisherman by trade. He had a questioning attitude towards life. His friend Nathaniel was also known as Bartholomew. He was said to have been honest and a straightforward man. And you know, everyone needs a friend like Philip in their lives. He would be the one to tell his friend Nathaniel of Jesus. He also had wondered just how Jesus was going to feed the 5,000 plus men, women, and children that we've discussed on previous podcasts. And he asked Jesus to show God the Father to his followers. So previously, we had mentioned that when we looked at Andrew, that Philip had been very instrumental in sharing Jesus with the Greeks and the Greeks desire to see Jesus. And Nathaniel initially rejected Jesus because Jesus was from Nazareth, but acknowledged him as the son of God and king of Israel when they met. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, we learn that Jesus sent out 12 disciples whom he gave authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And on previous episodes of this podcast, we explored how Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, and Thomas, how they all were interrelated. And now Jesus would find Philip and invite him to be his disciple as well. So Jesus decided to go to Galilee and the first disciples followed him. Philip was from Bethsaida, which was Andrew and Peter's hometown too. Philip then went off to look for his friend Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from there? Just come and see for yourself, Philip said. Nazareth was despised because a Roman army garrison was located there. And Nathaniel was from Cana, which was about four miles away from Nazareth. And the people of Nazareth had a very aloof attitude or a poor reputation for morals and for religion. And it's believed this is why Nathaniel had such a harsh comment towards Nazareth when Philip had brought it up. But what a wonderful friend Nathaniel had in Philip. Philip had encouraged him to not allow his eyes, as we see lust of the eyes as quoted in 1 John, to deceive him. Philip urged him to come and see for himself, and fortunately for Nathaniel, he heeded this advice. He went to meet Jesus and then became a disciple right away. And you know, friends, how often do we miss out on opportunities because we've formed a prejudice against something? I know I have. This is a great opportunity for us to embrace the proclivity of surrender unto Jesus. When we consciously stereotype and label our world unknowingly, we're placing a limiting box around ourselves. We must remain open and avoid doing this in regards to Jesus. Listening to others' perceptions of him is doing us a grave disservice. He wants an intimate relationship with each of his children, and this translates into a personal and unique journey. This is why no one person shares in the same story as each of us. This is what makes life exciting. And as Nathaniel and Philip were approaching Jesus, he said in 2 John 1, verse 47, here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. Nathaniel asked Jesus, how do you know about me? Of course, Jesus knows about all of us. He knows what we're really like. He knows our hearts. He's our creator. And like Nathaniel, honest people are comfortable knowing Jesus knows us through and through, but a dishonest person will feel very uncomfortable. With Jesus, there's no pretenses. We can't be anything other than that which we are. We don't want to miss out on the power or the love of Jesus in our lives. So Jesus told Nathanael he had seen him sitting under a fig tree before Philip had found him. And at this point, clarity struck Nathanael right between the eyes. And he said, teacher, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus then asked a question. He said, do you believe all of this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. He said, the truth is you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down upon the Son of Man. In this reference, Jesus was telling about he was able to clearly say because he is the son of the god man he's both deity and he came in the flesh as man so here he's referencing abraham's grandson jacob's dream and you'll often hear this referred to as jacob's ladder and we learn from genesis chapter 29 verse 12 as he slept he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth to heaven and he saw the angels of god going up and down while god had blessed abraham as the father of many nations his offspring had the responsibility to establish an individual relationship with jesus Every relationship, even in this very present age, stands on its own. And God has only children, no grandchildren. It isn't enough to hear about all of the Christian stories in the family. We need to become a part of the story ourselves. And Jesus was saying he is that ladder that extends up between heaven and earth for all of his children. He wasn't inferring this to be a physical experience like the transfiguration had been, but rather it was a spiritual enlightenment into Jesus's true nature and purpose for coming to earth. On an earlier podcast, we discussed in depth how Simon Peter denied Jesus three times. But in his love and mercy, Jesus forgave him when he offered heartfelt repentance. And like Peter, some of us, we all need that encouragement to move forward with what has been commissioned and ordained upon our lives. Keeping in this spirit, Jesus appears after his resurrection to the seven disciples. He would appear beside the Sea of Galilee. Here's how it happened. So Simon Peter said to Thomas, Nathaniel, James, John, and two unnamed disciples, I'm guessing here one of those was probably Philip, but they all went out fishing with Peter, but caught nothing all night long. And at dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach. He called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he replied, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get plenty of fish. So they did and they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. The disciple that Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, look, it's Jesus. And Peter swam to shore and greeted Jesus while the others pulled the fish and boat to shore. Jesus had a charcoal fire burning with fish, frying over it, and bread. Jesus instructed Simon Peter to bring him some of the fish that they had just caught. There were 153 large fish to choose from. Then they all joined Jesus for breakfast. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since being raised from the dead. It was significant that Jesus ate with them as it showed he was with them in the flesh and not of the spirit only. So during Jesus's ministry, he was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. He said, "O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever and for revealing it to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Jesus thanked God that spiritual wisdom was for everyone, not just the elite. Many of life's rewards seem to go to the intelligent, the rich, the good-looking, or the powerful. But the Kingdom of God is equally available to all regardless of position held or abilities. We approach Jesus not through our strength or through our brains, but through our childlike innocence and trust. Jesus does not tolerate spiritual pride, and he will always oppose it. He doesn't mind scholarly pursuits if done for the glorification of the Father. He just does not want his children to be wise in our own eyes. Personally, I am thankful for having easy access to the Father through his son Jesus. This is a grace gift for all who believe as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus tells us, My Father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the Son except the Father. And no one really knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Jesus' earthly mission was to reveal God the Father to the people. His teachings would bring down difficult lessons and ideas to earth, but those with ears to hear and eyes to see would understand. In the flesh, he was able to communicate through example God's love and also through stories and his varied teachings. When we examine Jesus' actions, attitudes, and principles, we understand God more clearly. Jesus told the disciples how privileged they were to see what they had seen. Many prophets and kings desired and longed to see and hear what the disciples had, but they could not. Hebrews even makes references to the angels desiring to look into the things of God. And can you imagine being one of Jesus's 12 disciples? What a fantastic opportunity to be an eyewitness to what Jesus had done upon the earth. This must have been incredible, traveling side by side with God's son, Jesus. Yet for many months, these 12 disciples would take Jesus for granted. They thought he would be here with them forever in the flesh as their teacher. They didn't always listen to him nor obey him. We're really not that different. Yes, our time we're living in now is different. We have modern day technology and everyday nuances are seen throughout our environment. But our attitudes and thoughts tend to err on the side of selfishness when we do not purposely place Jesus at the forefront of our lives. Nowadays, we're extremely blessed to have a rich and sordid legacy of more than 2000 years of church history at our fingertips. The Bible is readily available in print and online. It spans hundreds of languages. We can tune in to the teachings of pastors and public speakers on numerous platforms, such as the one you're listening to now on Spotify. Oftentimes, like the 12 disciples, we too take all of this access to Jesus for granted. At times, we allow ourselves to become overwhelmed with all the available free choices instead of realizing the depth of blessings that we stand upon. With this privilege, though, comes a responsibility to follow Jesus' teachings— So folks, I hope you'll come back and tune in as we look at one of my all-time favorite disciples, Matthew. He was a despised outcast as a tax collector and had much to overcome to fit into society. We'll learn through Matthew's eyes and life that Christianity is not for the people who think they're already good. It's for the people who know they've failed and want help. So I hope you'll join in our discussion tomorrow. And friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you and get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. One of Priest Aaron's contributions he left for us is this benediction. As you go out into the world, allow me to pray this blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen.